everybody, welcome back to the Cast. I'm your host, Matt. And I'm Tyler. Yes, we are back. We took the week off. Uh, we are, uh, we're going to try to, I believe, string some shows together, because we have been taking some weeks off lately. Like, we've been doing like every other one, but it's the summer, that's the way it usually goes. But we're moving into the fall, which is just nuts to say. Uh, so we're going to try to put some put some episodes together right in a row and come up with some really good topics. So this is the Linux cast. We talk about Linuxy things, uh, hence the title, the Linux cast. I, I mean, if you came here expecting us to talk about beer or uh, pornography, that's not really that type of podcast. Uh, so I apologize for that. Although we have talked about porn in the past, so I'm just saying, you never know, it might pop up. Um, I don't know why the male brain just always goes to sex, it's just the way you know, it happens. Anyways, hey, the, It also sells, you know? you know? I mean, if you're trying to get people interested in a podcast, there you go. <laughs> you could be one of the, like, you could be one of those, like, mobile games that have absolutely nothing to do with women or, you know, nude, nudity or anything like that. You got, like a tower defense game but the mo- the, the the avatar for it is going to be like a scantily clad woman <laughs> like just yeah. because you know that that's a good way to get you know 14 year old prepubescent you know pimply eyed douchebags to download your application <laughs> that's definitely what I, I i wonder why nobody's tried to do that on youtube probably because they'd kick you off youtube if you tried to do that as a thumbnail mm. I'm, I don't know. I feel like there are probably definitely those channels that do it. We're just not in communication with those kind of channels. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure some of them get away. Like, so the thing is, like, you, on Twitch, you know, on Twitch it used to be a thing. Like the the ones that got the most views were the women who showed the most <laughs> cleavage, right? Uh, they got yeah. actually started getting in trouble for that. So that's the reason why that doesn't happen. Near, I mean, it still happens, but not nearly as much as it used to. I mean, that like, used to be a thing. It didn't matter how good or bad she was at streaming. If she so, so showed some tit, you know, <laughs> was definitely yeah. going to get some views. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I mean, it's dudes on the internet. Like, um, let's be honest. That's most people on Twitch. Like, exactly. It, it Nerds. Honest. Like, that's, that's literally the closest you're ever going to get to a tit, so you might as well just be happy about it. I mean... <laughs> Uh, uh, <laughs> okay. So, see what I mean? Definitely, we've never done a tangent before in our entire lives. So, uh, Tyler, it's been a couple weeks. What have you been doing in Fossland in the last couple weeks? Um, well, I've had a very interesting time. Um, so, I gave OpenBSD a shot. I actually um, redid my whole like desk setup. So, I've got like 180 degrees of monitor all around me, which is just awesome. And then I decided to go ahead. I, I thought I figured out how to address some issues with OpenBSD, and I did. Um, if anyone like watches my channel and is interested in OpenBSD content, they've you've probably seen me like have talk about some of the issues that I have with OpenBSD, um, even though I love it a lot. Um, they for whatever reason, OpenBSD did not, uh, the ACPI driver, uh, ACPI TZ, um, I believe is what, it, yeah, that's what it's called. And it did, it just didn't work. Uh, for some reason, that driver would just make all of my fans stop spinning, which is awesome. Um, I figured out how to just unload that from the kernel. So I, it, it didn't break anything and it just fixed, it kept all my fans running from the BIOS control. So, Everything was fine there, but uh, screen tearing was a problem that could not be fixed 
on OpenBSD. Um, I spent about five hours uh, bashing my head against the desk trying to get it to stop and couldn't. I just could not get tear-free to work. PyCom wouldn't fix the screen tearing. It was just, it was a really bad time. I was going to um, ask about PyCom because usually that's what fixes it for me. Yeah, PyCom didn't fix it. I tried my custom build of PyCom, um, Jonah Burke's PyCom, and then the just regular PyCom that OpenBSD has in ports. None of them work. And you, you, um, you used the VSync flag, right? Um, well, in my config, VSync's, VSync's enabled. Um, but I, could, I couldn't do... Nothing fixed it. Like, I mean, nothing. PyCom wouldn't fix it. Mm. Um, messing around with XORG, I couldn't get tear-free to actually properly work. Like, it, it was very weird. It, I just couldn't fix the problems. And that there was... Um, some other annoyances, like, um, so one of the things I've been working on for the past couple of weeks is um, I'm very interested in, like, I've worked in game development, like, partially. I haven't, like, had any, like, big titles. I've never released any commercial game myself, but I've always really liked game development, and I've, I've messed around with it as a hobby and worked a little bit freelance in game development. Um, but I've never been good at art, and I've never really done anything like that. Um, so I've been taking classes on like art, trying to find my own art style. And uh, so I've been working on that, and I was very interested, since I've been drawing a lot, I was very interested in uh, making a 2D game in Godot. And I was like, what better thing to do than fix my problems I've got with OpenBSD and develop in Godot there? Godot engine is broken on OpenBSD. Don't know why, but it's just broken. So, yeah, the whole OpenBSD trip didn't work out, and um, I was on Fedora yesterday, um, but I, would, I installed the Flatpak, and the Flatpak of Steam on Fedora is just very annoying to me, because uh, it doesn't detect my extra hard drives. Like, I have to go in there and I'll change permissions, let it see it, and do stuff, and it's, it's very annoying. But um, other than that, I, I really do like Fedora. My mom's getting Fedora on her laptop. The next time we sit down, I'm installing that on her uh, her laptop. She's using Ubuntu now. So I'm that's what I've been working on. It's just a lot of system stuff and figuring things out and trying out different stuff. What are you using uh, now? Uh, right now, I'm on I'm on Windows 10 now only because I was setting up my I've got another drive in here that I'm installing Gentoo on. And I'm trying to do a custom kernel on that one. And my custom kernels <laughs> keep not working right. They have problems. So I'm still working on that one. And this is just my fallback drive. I literally installed this last night because I was like, I'm messing around with this kernel stuff. And there's a good chance, because I had a whole bunch of different errands to run today. It's like, there's a good chance I won't have time to keep working on my kernel tomorrow. <laughs> so I installed this as a backup. And thank God I did, because... Um, my Fedora install uh, was also kind of having some issues with audio specifically, and I think that has something to do with Pipewire. But I won't sh I won't shit on Pipewire too much. It's gotten a lot better. It's gotten a lot better. I'm sure I was gonna have the issues with Pulse. I'm sure. Right. But yeah. Okay. But what have you been doing this week? Well, for me, or two weeks. My my Linux experience has been real. I mean utterly fantastic over the last two or three weeks. 
it has been so good. Like I can't even. I, I wrote about. A, I wrote a blog post about this and made a video about Fedora. So right before, about a week before we did the last podcast, you were on vacation. I had the, all those arch problems, and I switched to Fedora, the workstation version. And then right before the podcast that time, I switched to the KDE version, and I'm still there. So it's the thing is, is like I never really had a bad experience with Arch that was Arch's problem, right? So I would usually when something went wrong with Arch, it was definitely something that I did. Like either I didn't have the right dependencies, or you know I broke something by t- tweaking and stuff, something like that. Uh, and I'm positive that the problems that I was having with Arch before I switched were caused by me. The thing is, is that in the last three weeks, I've had such a smooth experience with Fedora that I, unless something like drastically changes, I don't see myself moving away. Because this has been, I mean, I haven't had a, as good experience with Linux maybe ever. I mean, it's just like, it works so good. And I like I even at one point was bitching about how slow DNF was, but DNF is actually faster than apps now. Like I tr- I tested it yesterday. Like before I would I would have swore to you like I would have I would have paid money to bet the app was faster than DNF. It's not at least not for me anymore. DNF is faster. The, at least the way I have it set up. Like I have parallel downloads and stuff set up, right? And it works really good. And the thing is is like. The one thing that I thought I would miss from Arch is there you are, right? Like, I, like that's the one thing you'd expect to miss. And the thing is, I missed it. Like, yeah, there have been things that I've had to build on my own or uh, compile or things like that, right? Um, and maybe, maybe, maybe that has gone up to like 15 things that I've had to compile or build or uh, move to the path or something. Um, but I haven't missed there you are at all. Um, not even a little Ooh. bit. Like, usual, like, like that's how good of an experience. My my time on Fedora has been over the last two or three weeks it, that I'm not missing Arch like whatsoever. In fact, I deleted Arch off from my laptop and put Fedora on it. I have been now that I'm done with my Kino White review and and that's in the editing stage. I moved to regular Fedora on that computer behind me, so I now have computer Fedora on all of the computers that I use, and it's just I mean it is so I can't even. It's just so unusual for me to install a Linux distro that's not Arch and not immediately say, you know, ah, God, I missed the UR. So I'm going to go back. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like, usually it's like I made fun of this like a couple times now, but in my video where I sa- said I was going to switch away from Fedora, I had people in the comments saying, yeah, you're not going to last three days. You're not going to last a day, you know, and the thing is, I made fun of those people because because, you know, like, how dare you not have faith in me? But. They're, they were right. They're, like I've done this before, saying I'm going to switch away from Arch and I'm going to go use Ubuntu. I'm going to go use Gen 2. I'm going to go use whatever. And uh, every single time before that, I usually would like almost immediately, like within a day, a few hours, maybe a couple days, switch directly back to Arch because I missed day you are. Nope. We're going on three weeks. It'll be, in, in fact, I would say I'm over three weeks now of using Arch, or, or using Fedora, excuse me, and I'm not leaving. It's good. It's so damn good. Um, I, seriously, Fedora's good. And like, and I use a lot of flat packs. Like, you, know, you were talking about flat packs? I use like 25 flat packs now. Um, it's good. I don't, I didn't use no. the flat pack of Steam, though, because I knew that that was going to be bad, because Steam has so many things that it needs, 
you kind of need the to download it from the repos. Well, especially if you're if you've got a lot of different drives or stuff that you you got games on, like or I mean, even if you just have one separate drive, like yeah, you've, you've got to mess around with stuff, and it's just ah, it's not fun. Like Steam is one of those things where like you kind of I don't know I. I think everybody really, especially if you play games, you really like Steam, but you don't like Steam in the way that you want to, like, mess with it. It should just work, and then, like, you click on a game. Like, that's all you want on a Steam. Like, at, at all. So, pro- I don't know, Fedora is really good. I do have a question for you. Sure. After you've been using Fedora for a while, do you... Do you think that your family, who is more keen towards Windows, would like Fedora KDE? Would that be a good thing to get them started on? For normal people, probably. For my mother, absolutely not. Um, she doesn't... She, she, uh, no, she's not switching to Linux. I've, tr- I've tried until my... my I was blue in the face. Like I take like like ple- like her her Windows her Windows laptop runs like utter garbage. Sometimes it feels like the bottom of it is on fire. It's that because she, she's one of those apparently hoarding tabs runs in the family because <laughs> she she sometimes has seventy to eighty tabs open on this little AMD thirteen inch laptop and Chrome. Uh, you could cook eggs. You could fry eggs on mm-hmm. the bottom of that thing sometimes and like. I, I, I was like, Mom, Linux will solve your problems. Like, every problem you have that you always make me fix, Linux will solve. And she's like, I don't want to use Linux. And you're like, no, I'm not using Linux. So I keep having to fix Windows. So so for normal people, I would say probably yes. I would sug- This is going to go against everything that I've ever said on any video or podcast ever. But if you're going to use Fedora, use the GNOME version. Um it's just it's just better supported. There's fewer fewer bugs. KDE on Fedora is buggy as shit. It just really is, and it's and it's worse on Kinawite. Like it's so bad on Kinawite, you can't use it. That's gonna be that's gonna. I mean, you can use it, but don't expect to actually use it like KDE. You use it like it's out of the box, and that's it. There's no customization because nothing else works. Um, <laughs> like, like like the the prime like I, I'm a. I was going to talk about this too, so I might as well just go ahead and bump into it. Uh, I, I used Kino White for three months on a hard drive here and switched back and forth between it. It wasn't full time, but you know, I kept going back to it. And the thing about KDE is that the number one feature that you'd want to use is to customize it, right? Change, like install themes, install icon stuff. None of that stuff works in Kino White. None of it. Um, I don't know if it's because of the immutable nature of the file system. I don't know if it's just because that version of KDE is shit. I don't know. But it's broken. Like, it does not work. So I've been using the stock version of KDE in Kino White for the last three months. And I'm, like, I don't, I don't like KDE anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> like, 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 I want to, like, I, like, I'm the customization guy. Like, I write, I have 14 i3 rices. Sometimes I change my i3 rice three times a day. Okay, so, and you think I'm nuts. I used, yes, yesterday alone, I used Everforest, Cat P- Pachin, or whatever the hell you pronounce it, and Dracula, mm-hmm. all in the same day. Um, and because I have a script, I can easily just switch between them. Um, it's really nice, right? So I love customization, and that's one of the reasons why I want to like KDE so much. And KDE was my, my, it was my jam, if 
they still say that the kids still say that probably not um you know it, it was it was the shit when i first started using linux like i loved it i would not use anything else but now it is so buggy but we'll talk about that later we're getting ahead of ourselves uh, anyway, so yeah, Fedora, Fedora is what I've been doing for the last three weeks. It's fantastic. I just, I've been using my computer and it's working. Like, it's really weird. Like, oh, and I should say this too. And I, I, I'm going to knock on some wood here. Pipewire hasn't given me a single issue other than it won't remember uh, my default output. So every time I reboot my computer, it changes from the DAC, which is what it's supposed to be, to the, the speakers that are hooked up. So I just had to switch that. Um, but apparently that's the default behavior because it doesn't recognize things plugged in via USB initially, so it switches back to the speakers when it boots up, and then it just doesn't remember to switch back. They need to fix that, but other than that, that's the only problem with Pipeware I've had so far. Um, even, even, like, I don't know, it's just been really good, so, yeah. Um, so, that, that long-winded spiel on Fedora... I'm, I've become a Fedora fanboy. What is this nonsense? It's it's good. Like it's really, especially 36. 36 is so nice. Mm -hmm. They've done a lot there, and Fedora is one of those distributions that it's it's just really reliable. Like you, in pretty much most of Fedora's history, you might not have liked it. Like you don't personally choose it, but Fedora is one of those ones where like. I don't know. Fedora doesn't have like a. Uh, there's not a community of people that dislike Fedora because it constantly breaks. Like it might not work for you and your hardware. That's one thing. But like where it works and it decides not to work and it decides to work and it's it's not one of those distributions that it doesn't it doesn't have a design philosophy that really embolds that. Like you don't. Arch is one of those ones where because it's so rolling release, you're Constantly, you're constantly able to update it. It's and there's more chances of, for it to stop working on you. Fedora, not so much. Like I mean, if it's working, it's gonna keep working. Yeah, it's nice. It's really good. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see because like 37 will come out in like early next year, like April or something. Mm -hmm. uh, I know this is saying a lot, but it'll be interesting to see if I'm still there around that time because I I would love to be yeah. able just to say you know I've been using a distro now for eight months. I've never been able. Well, that's not true. I used Arco for a long freaking time. Um, yeah. So Arco was there was one install of Arco where I was on it long enough for me to switch between two different kernels, like actual big number kernels, not just like like little number, but like the, the I went from like five fourteen to five fifteen or whatever. Um, so that was like my longest time on a Linux distro. Um, I could see this. As long as nothing else goes wrong, like I'm keep knocking on damn wood, because uh, I know every time I jinx it, the something you know like after the podcast, my computer's going to explode or something. I'm going to install Arch on it again. Um, but <laughs> you know, I don't want that to happen. But you know, it's just gonna you know karma and all that shit. Anyways, so uh, yeah, so let's go ahead and then move on to the what do we do next? The oh, the contact information. Like we've been we haven't been doing this for like two years, by the way. Um, but. Yeah, I remember how to do this. I, I'm a good podcaster. I'm a very good podcaster. Anyway, so contact information. If you want to get in contact with us, you can do so in any number of ways. Email is probably the best way to do so. You can email us at email at linuxcast.org. I highly recommend you do that if you want to give us some listener feedback or you have questions or whatever. That's the best way to do that, and uh, we will eventually do a, a, a listener feedback-style episode. But we need people to actually email us in order to do that. So uh, 
if you don't email us, it just feels like we're not doing this for anybody. We're just talking to ourselves. So uh, don't make us feel bad. I'm just saying. Uh, you can also fi- uh, subscribe to Tyler. He's on YouTube and Odyssey, and he has a Discord server. All those links will be in the video description, but YouTube.com slash ZanyoG is the place to find him on YouTube. He's You're over you're like 2,500 subscribers now or something like that? Um, I, I'm pretty sure I'm dangerously close to 3,000 now. That's nuts, man. That's awesome. Uh, that, that, that mental outlaw shout out really did some numbers for you, didn't it? Yeah. Cool. I, I still can never get over that. I, it is the most insane. I never thought I'd be watching one of his videos and be like, holy shit, that's my channel. Like that's <laughs> never thought that was going to happen ever. I get called out by DT. You just had to one up me and get mental outlaw who has double the <laughs> subscribers. Thanks a lot there. <laughs> I was, I was very proud of you. Like, so that's, hey, that's my boy. <laughs> so I just got little tears, man. He's so good. Anyways, uh, youtube.com slash ZanyoG. You can find links to all of our other contact information, including Twitter, Odyssey, Mastodon, uh, the store, which is still there, the Amazon wish list is all there, all the Tyler stuff, all that stuff will be at the at the linuxcast.org slash contact. Speaking of the linuxcast.org, that website has been, compl- I think I mentioned this before, but it has been completely redone. It looks basically the same, but it's on a new platform. It allows me to blog now very easily. It allows me to update it very easily with a script. Thank you to, um, I'm going to pronounce his name this time, Yoris, for actually... Uh, doing that for me, I truly do appreciate that. Um, he, he's affectionately known as J Dog because I, I most of the time I butcher his name. So, anyways, thank you for doing that. And uh, that website is now fully up to date. Not only does it have all of season six episodes there, but it has all of the episodes we've ever done on the Linux Cast except for the first three, which are lost to the ether. No clue where those are. No clue. Probably don't want to hear them anyways. That was, uh, I'm I'm almost sure I have them on my computer somewhere, but I'd have to go find them. Uh, That's too much work. Anyways, thelinkscast.org. Check it out. It's good. Okay, so moving on to the news. Now, Tyler, you and I, we scour the internet for the most latest breaking news, and we always present it in the timeliest manner that is known to man. Like, Like, seriously, CNN... Fuck you guys. We are way ahead of that shit. Got nothing on us. (laughs) So, uh, to prove my point, here is an article that is at least three weeks old. (laughs) 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 So, (laughs) I mean, uh, in our defense, we didn't do news the last time we did a podcast, and, uh, and I didn't feel like updating it. So, Linux Mint has released Linux Mint 21. It's in beta form now. And I have tried it. The new features are... So underwhelming that I don't even know why they're calling this a major release. It is, I mean, I don't know if anybody's looked at the release notes, but they, I mean, they're changing from Blueberry to Blue Man for their Bluetooth handling, and they've updated Cinnamon to the latest version, but it has, what I can tell, no new features. At least from their show notes, or from their release notes, they don't list anything that is, like, majorly groundbreaking. It's based on the the latest Ubuntu 22.04 LTS, so you're going to get all the LTS stuff from Ubuntu, minus the snaps, obviously. Uh, but other than that, not a lot of new features here. They, I mean, there are a few, a few things, but other than that, they have done some work on the window manager. They have added some uh, neat settings for like displays and stuff like that, but 
nothing. I, like, I used it, and it looks exactly like Linux Mint has always looked. And I'm not expecting them to completely redo it. I know somebody's like, well, you, are, you youngins always want change and shit. Well, no, but it, fe it feels like... It feels like when Linux Mint goes from a, one version number to a next, usually it feels like they have some, like big features like a couple years ago it was the hptv the 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 iptv application right mm -hmm. a couple years before that it was like the sticky notes or something like that it's nothing big like that this time and i it feels like maybe they're uh, maybe they're I, i'm just going to go ahead and say it because we're definitely someone is is definitely already just angrily typing out this comment if there's nothing broke don't fix it that that's going to be a lot of people's mindsets when it comes to Linux Mint. And if we're going to be honest, kind of agree with it. I Linux don't... Mint is one of those ones where I I want them to change stuff. Like, I, I, I want the, I want big... Like, if you're going to do a major update, there needs to be, I don't know, major updates. But at the same time, I do also understand that most people that use Linux Mint are fine with it the way that it is. They only want improvements. Like, I don't want. I don't need them to change the look and feel all the time. Okay, so I would want that. I love new things. Shoosh, something shiny. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. it's just like I love that kind of shit. It gives me stuff to talk about on the channel, and it's it's nice to try. From a stability point standpoint, I understand that. I'm not really talking about the look and feel. I'm talking about you know like something new, you know, or something improved. I mean, they've improved some stuff, but it feels like it's all underlining. Maybe maybe they've been working on bugs, and that's a good. That's not that's not a horrible thing to do. Um, it just it just feels like they've moved from one uh, version to a major new version without anything that's majorly new, and it feels a little boring. But as I've said before, boring doesn't necessarily mean bad. It just means yeah. boring. Um, I'd agree with you there, a hundred percent. But we all know Linux Mint's never going to be for me, anyways. Like like the, they could have come out with the the best like they could have had amazing new features everything like i i don't know what they could have done that could have impressed me honestly because it doesn't matter like they could have done everything under the sun that i could have ever wanted them to do and i still wouldn't use linux mint because i'm not a linux mint guy i just don't i don't care for the aesthetic i'm not a big cinnamon fan i guess cinnamon is a great desktop environment we'll talk about that later but it's just not for me so um, yeah, anyways, Linux Mint 21 is in beta form. If you want to try it out, you should try it out. Uh, you won't notice any difference from the other Linux Mint. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's Linux Mint. So, Tyler. I mean, they redesigned a, a tray icon. Like, yeah, it's going to be the same Linux Mint you're used to. Yeah. yeah. I, I would love some updated icons for Linux Mint. Like, their, their icon theme is outdated. Like, it's just not... I mean, it's not... Atawata outdated, but or like old Atawata, Atawata, whatever the fuck it's called, you know, like the the brown teal folders in Nautilus, yeah. but it's still I don't know. People, but people actually, I I had someone sitting down at this computer. I was showing it my monitor setup. It's one of my mom's friends, and I was I was showing her because you know I had Fedora loaded up, and I was showing her the icons, and she was like, "Those look really good." I was like, "Yeah, they used to be." Shit, bro. Utter, utter <laughs> no, I mean, they were straight up. Like, the old Adwaita icons, like, if you took a turd, the color of it, and then put it on folder icons, that's what it was. Like, that was 
a hundred percent their icons. Water, yeah, watery turds. That's exactly yeah, what it was. Like it was exactly <laughs> what it was. <laughs> I sh- I showed her pictures of what they used to look like, and she goes, "How long do they keep those?" And I was like, "Years, years, oh, <laughs> decades." Like it's it was so long. And the thing is, that nobody liked them. There was like literally not a single person in the world that liked them. There's a lot of people that used them, like. They were like they didn't care, right? The the, the people yeah. who used them just didn't care about them, but mm-hmm. the people who who cared were very vocal about those things being the ugliest icons ever. And for years they refused to change them. And then when they did, they finally did. They just watered down the turd color. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, they just like it's like, like slightly watery turd. Like, okay, so the thing is, if we were the t- kind of podcast that um name like had titles for our podcast like you know like uh like a lot of the tech podcasts use something from the show to name as a title oh, watery, yeah, yeah. watery turd definitely has to be the best <laughs> podcast title ever <laughs> it's but it's so accurate and people don't get that like they they were bad but I, i've heard a lot of people talking about like cinnamon could use an update like on its icons I agree with that, but I don't think they're in. They're nowhere oh, near no. in the shape that Adueta was in. They're not they're, bad. No, they're just they're, yeah, they're just old. Yeah, yeah like they could use a polish to them. You can't like Adueta couldn't polish theirs because I mean I mean you could you can no, polish no, no, a no, turd. So, no, <laughs> so you can polish a turd, but you can't polish a watery turd. <laughs> like once it's gotten to the watery part, unless you dry that shit out, you can't polish it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, I, love, I love how just a just a talk about like icons just came up for a second and then we just had to move on to it we just had to address well, it's like the number number one example of really bad design that like it was like the the thing about it is like is like the gnome foundation was deaf to it like or blind to it i guess like there has to be like like the person that was in charge of those icons like has to have like really liked them like fervently like cultishly wanted those icons to say the same and i think the only reason they were able to change them is because either that guy died or because he moved on from the project like there's <laughs> like that's gonna yeah. like, be like the only reason they were able to change him like 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 with apple like johnny ive was like the designer for apple for years and years right and they were his whole thing was thinner and fewer ports they got rid of mm-hmm. him now they have a lot of ports, and they've gotten their their laptops have gotten a little bit thicker, so they can have better battery life. <laughs> like, that's yep. that's the Adaweta guy. <laughs> like they yeah. got rid of yeah. them, and now they changed the icons. All right, <laughs> moving on to the next uh, the next um, the news item. So Tyler, your news of the week or whatever it is. Yes, uh, mine is a news item from this week. Surprisingly, uh, again, not breaking news, but. Eh, it's close to it. Um, Ventoy has just got an update that adds support for Fedora Core OS, and almost like not quite to a thousand, but close enough. Like, I mean, if I was getting money, it'd be close enough to a thousand. So they've added up, added almost a thousand other ISOs um, that have Excuse support me. now for Ventoy. Uh, 
your excuse. I actually, I don't, I don't know if just Discord did this, but I heard nothing except an excuse me. <laughs> well, I just let out an amazing belch, but I did manage to lean away from the the, the microphone. <laughs> Discord's too good sometimes. Probably, but, it's definitely going to be on the recording though, because I'm not editing that out. Good. <laughs> But yeah, so that's pretty much it. They've got a a lot more support and um, I'm just, I'm excited about it because Ventoy, Ventoy is one of those things where it, it can have issues. And if you notice, they, somewhere in the article, it talks about this, this release fixes a lot of, there's a lot of bugs that are fixed um, and addressed in this update, which is awesome because it's buggy sometimes. But it's reliable enough that most people don't even know there are bugs in Ventoy and there's things that aren't supported. Them continuing to add a lot of support and fleshing out Ventoy is so awesome because Ventoy is one of those things where most people know that this kind of solution like exists where you could just throw a whole bunch of ISOs on one drive and just boot from them. But a lot of people don't, like, Ventoy is great because you can show people Ventoy. Anybody can install, like, Ventoy is not hard to use at all. It is super simple. And as soon as you start using it, that, like, people that I've shown Ventoy to and then hear about them talking about Ventoy is awesome because everyone is so ecstatic about it. It's awesome. It's it's amazing. There's yeah. nothing like it. You have it's like 12 awesome. people in the comments right now saying, oh, Ventoy is excellent. Ventoy is awesome. Ventoy rocks, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. So a story about Ventoy. I've used it once. It didn't work for me. So obviously it was too hard for my little brain. <laughs> no, it was it, – it's not – here's the thing. It's. It used to be more difficult to install, but now they have – the application to do it, like which you can also update Ventoy from the application, which is awesome. And there was a lot of bugs back then. So I recommend trying it again because, again, there are some people that have been like, I've been using Ventoy for forever. There's no problems with it at all. And I'm like, no, there's definitely problems. I've, I've had issues with Ventoy. But when it works, as soon as you get a drive with Ventoy on it that works, it's, it's the best. Like, walking around with, like, 32 different ISOs for literally anything is awesome. It, it, I I can't tell you how many times a Ventoy drive has just been a cool thing to show other people. And it's so dumb, because it takes, like, two minutes to set up. And, I mean, it's easy. It's not it having to wait for DD all the time to... Exactly, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, so that's that's mine. The new... There, New update for Ventoy. It's really not that big of a deal, but hey, like if you've had issues with Ventoy, I'd, I'd recommend giving it a shot now. Yeah. So. Uh, so before we move on to the main topic, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but somebody in the chat asks for advice on starting a YouTube channel. My best advice is post videos every single day. That's the best you need to do. Um, seriously. Really, in all honesty, just start posting. Yeah, just, so just start it, doing it. It does not matter what quality is. Like, seriously, yeah. go back, watch my first videos. They were... Like, god-awful. They were so bad. I'm not deleting them because they're motivation to get, keep getting better, you know? But, yeah. um, it doesn't matter what quality is. Post every single day. Um, I mean, you can take some days... If day, you can. You, uh, you, if you, you can. can. You can take some days off, but establish a 
habit of posting as often as possible. I'm not saying you're going to be Mr. Beast or anything, but that's how you gain some, some something of a following. Also, if you're not going to post every day, when you do post, do it on a schedule. So, like, do it on the same days a week. You're training. Um, basically, what you're doing is you're training the algorithm. So. Also, don't not make a video or not post a video because you need to get it perfect. I hear this shit all the time. A video will never be perfect. Like, it will never be perfect. If I can guarantee, I'm pretty sure Matt can back me up on this. If we spent all the time editing to make our videos, like, perfect, perfect, we'd never post a video. Well, there's no way you can get a video perfect. Especially when you're not, like... I am miles and away better than I was when I first started, but I'm still not good at this. You know, no, <laughs> I, 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 co- I am right there with you. I completely agree. I am I, I am not great at this at all. I, I'm I, it would be hard to say I'm good at it. I'm just I just do it. Like that's it. All right. I know I'm not good at it because of the amount of time I have to spend editing the videos to get all of the ums, ahs, you knows, going throughs, and um crazy shit that goes on. Like um. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, true story. I could not say the word access yesterday in the video that I recorded. Like, I could not say it. I don't know why. I think it was accesses. Accesses. I was trying to come up with plural. I, it was impossible. So, I I spent ten minutes trying to say that word. Couldn't do it. So I decided to redo the that that last sentence with the word with a different word. <laughs> I just ended up using the word uses, and it was just it was the stupidest thing ever. Um, so yeah, you're never gonna get perfect on on a, on a thing on one of my videos. So that's the that's the best advice I could do if you're gonna start a, a Linux YouTube channel, make Linux content as often as possible, and don't also I, like I said I didn't want to spend too much time on this, but choose a topic. Like, if you're going to do Linux mm-hmm. content, do Linux content. Don't do Linux content five days of the week and then do makeup tips the other two. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not going to work out well, well for you. If, you're, if your goal is trying to grow, don't do that. If you, if you are genuinely fine with posting, like, if you're going to post different content, it needs to be, like, re- kind of related on the same channel. Yeah. Like... If you're going to post gaming content and you do Linux content, then it should probably be Linux gaming mm-hmm. that you're doing. Like, don't feel like you can't branch off of like one hyper niche topic, but also don't just don't just do random stuff. Like, there shouldn't be like how tos, and then uh, again like with tech, and then the rest like that other half of the week it's like yeah, like what you said, like makeup or random shit like it's that's fashion. not going to grow a channel fashion um, right yeah yeah <laughs> first of i all, mean it's not it's not going to damage your channel but it's not going to help it grow at all no. and when you're starting out the main point is I, I think for most people it's not just having fun making content but also trying to get people to watch it because there's i don't know especially when you're starting off there's a lot of people don't people when you start youtubing they're like there's there's two different types of people. The people who are like, I wish I had 500,000 people that were watching me mm-hmm. already. Which though, like, if you've got that mindset, like, you're probably not going to last long on YouTube because you're not going to get 500,000 yeah, people watching. If you, you want to be Mr. Beast, that those are your expectations. You're going to be no. disappointed. <laughs> no. But if you're the type of person that genuinely does, like, you like growing at. I wish I could go back and do over my YouTube channel at the start 
only because I don't think I don't I can't remember how excited I got when I got like my first like 10 to 50 subscribers. Like that shit was awesome. Oh, like, I was like, people actually like like me enough to like actually subscribe like that. I thought That's I was really Mr. Cool. Beast when I had 50 subscribers. OK, yeah. Like you feel awesome. <laughs> like, 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 it was, it was awesome. so good. Like I, I would I felt absolutely amazing before DT did his call out. Right. I had 400 subscribe for 419 subscribers. I thought I was doing fine. I was adding like, you know, five or ten new subscribers a day. It was really good, um, and I was really happy with that. I mean, like obviously I was much happier afterwards. Shocked out of my pants, but you know, obviously happy afterwards. But before that, like you don't have to get a big call out from a big channel to be happy. Just be content no. once you you get some growth. But he, here's the last thing I'll say about this. Uh, actually, two last things, and both of them related. One, don't be ashamed of being a YouTuber. Uh, tell your friends that you're a YouTuber if that's what you want to do. But also, relatedly, send those links to your mom and dad and your sisters and brothers and stuff. That's you want some views, initial views when you get first started. Send those things to your parents. They'll yeah. as long as long as they're not horrible. as long as they're so yeah as long as they're supportive. Like, like, no. as long as you okay. As long as you haven't quit your job to do this, they're probably gonna be like, "Well, this is just a, it's a, it's a hobby." I can see if you like, hey, look, mom and dad, I quit my job. I'm gonna become the next Mr. Beast. Like, then you're probably gonna have less support because they're gonna be more realistic than you ever will be. But as long as you're saying, "Hey, you know, I'm having some fun posting videos on YouTube. Hey, here's the link. Would you watch it and tell me what you think?" Instantaneous first views for you. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah, and you, you'll get good feedback too. Cause yeah, uh, usually, I don't know about everyone. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, usually your mom's not a troll. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and also like I was gonna say like if you got family like mine, you'll get real feedback, yeah. like honest and, feedback. And it will be oh. couched in the in love. You know, it's not like yeah, hey, yeah. you fat bastard, get off YouTube. <laughs> you know, what I mean? <laughs> you know, uh, I've had that was a quote. The, <laughs> By the way, <laughs> dude, I've had, I've had, I've had this one that gets me is like, I, the one that for me that gets me is like, I've had comments about my teeth and I'm like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> come on. Like I've had my mom watch my teeth, oh, watch my teeth, watch my YouTube videos and comment. She's like, she's like, you know what would be nice if he wear, wore better clothes. And I'm like, you want me to dress up for YouTube? <laughs> like, like what? Sit here in a suit? See, the thing is, uh, is I did, right? Like I used to just wear t-shirts, right? Like now mm -hmm. I'm, now I wear these things with the collars and you know, it, I don't know if it does any better, but you know, I was really hoping you'd finish that statement. Just like, it, like I was really hoping you'd be like, now I wear a collar and just look how many subscribers I have. <laughs> no, what I, what would have been more funny is like, now I wear pants and I got some more subscribers. <laughs> T turns out not wearing pants on YouTube not a good idea especially when you stand up in front of the, the camera and just wave it all around <laughs> I, could, I could never I know that I know honest to God I've talked to people who have recorded videos without pants on and I'm like I've never done that because I would be too I, even if I'm not recording my webcam I'd be too nervous that someone's gonna find out that I'm just in my underwear <laughs> Well, I mean, at least you were wearing underwear, right? <laughs> it could have been worse. All right. <laughs> Moving on to the main topic, which we still haven't got to. We've been recording now for 45 minutes. It's actually not a, a record. Um, it could have been way, way worse. Anyways, We've done so the, better. The, the, the main topic this week is better. best 
desktop environment for Linux. Now, Tyler, I don't know about you, but my opinion on this has changed drastically over the last five years. Like, when I first started, I had a definitive answer. Like, I would have fought anybody for my desktop environment. Uh, now, I, I'm less violent about it, first of all, because I'm a window manager guy. But also, um, it's just changed. So, Tyler, what do you think the best desktop environment is for Linux? Well, I'm glad you let me go first because, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I love hearing you talk about GNOME, but I, it's just how invested <laughs> and how much love you have for it. Like, there was like, I mean, we would have been sitting here talking about how much you love GNOME for just hours. Definitely. So, yeah. So, uh, I don't know. For me, I think the best desktop environment for Linux is kind of a loaded question because it's always obviously going to be dependent on, like, your personal preference. Right. We, but, we know that, but if you had to choose. Yeah, well, I, I, I was going to say, probably the best overall for the most people is probably GNOME, only because it's very widely used. There's a lot of people that use it. There's a lot of support for it. And by default, GNOME just, like, it's... It doesn't have the same design aesthetic um, like KDE has to Windows. Like if you're coming from Windows, like KDE looks pretty similar. Like it's it's the same kind of design paradigm, so you know what's going on. Um, GNOME, even though it looks different, it's very hyper like stylized. It's very easy to understand what's going on. I think for a lot of people. Gnome's probably the best. However, I wish it was KDE. Like, K KDE should be the the one that's best for most people. Um, Cinnamon is really good too, but I I don't think Cinnamon is is one that I would recommend as like the best I for the desktop. I, I, the Cinnamon development is done by the Linux Mint team, and this is going to be my colored but honest opinion about the Linux Mint team. I don't trust Cinnamon to be around in five years. Like, I just don't trust it. Um, there's just, there's always been something about, like, the, the the head developer of Linux Mint, he's so flaky and he has threatened to quit multiple times. Um, I just don't, I, I mean, I'm, a, I'm sure that Cinnamon would get picked up by someone else and there's a big team around Mint now. It's, it's not like Elementary, which Elementary has a legitimate chance of not existing in a few years. Yeah. Mint will stick around forever because the community's huge. But there's just this feeling in the back of my head that Cinnamon just – like, like they abandoned the KDE version. It feels like they've pretty much put no effort whatsoever in the Mate and XFCE versions. I don't even know why they bother continuing with them. Like seriously, just choose Cinnamon. It's obviously the one where your heart's yeah. at. Um, yeah. I mean all the rest are there for some reason. Like they, they feel like they've just thrown them in there because they're like, oh, this might make someone happy. Like – no yeah. one cares about it. It's only the Cinnamon desktop. And it's not bad either. The Cinnamon desktop is not no, it's, bad. It's like, pretty good. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it, yeah. It, if, if you're used to the Windows paradigm, the Cinnamon desktop is, is pretty good. It's like, as I said, yeah. I don't trust it because I have Linux Mint issues. Um, well, the thing for me is, is like, I want, I, I want to say that the best should be between Cinnamon and KDE, but really Gnome is, Gnome is just, it's going to win out just because it, it's used much more and it works in a lot. Uh, it works well in a lot of different use cases. 
where cinnamon is just reliable. Like it to to me, I feel like KDE should be the best for everybody if it had cinnamon's reliability. Like, and I'm not saying like longevity wise. I'm saying like cinnamon is just it. There's not bugs all in it, and KDE <laughs> is bug ridden. It is it's a mess. terrible. It's so bad. But when KDE works right, it's awesome. Yeah. And it 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 works. So when it's working right, it feels great. It works the way you would f- you think a com- a desktop environment should work. The problem is it just doesn't do that all the time. If if it did that all the time, I'd be like, this is the best. Everyone should just at least, I mean, if if it's not what you stick on, this is what you should try. Like it's, you know. Okay, so I I have things to say about the things that you've said. So first of all, I disagree on the GNOME thing. I don't think that that's surprising. Um, But the reason why I disagree on the GNOME thing isn't necessarily because I don't think that GNOME is good. I think it's because of how different it is to Windows. Like, if I gave my mom vanilla GNOME, like, if she were to agree to use Linux, which is never going to happen, but let's just say I did, she'd take a look at it, and, like, what am I... You, you open it up, what are you supposed to do? Now, they do have a tour now, right? So they have this little, like, slideshow or tour thing, but... Okay, so apparently the... Uh, had, yeah, I'm taking I'm taking care of them. Okay, so, like we have sex bots. Well, we see we mentioned porn way too many times in this thing. Of course, we have sex bots. <laughs> it's <laughs> our fault. <laughs> I have multiple moderators in there. Come on, guys, do your shit. Um, <laughs> what, I'm doing my best. What do I pay you guys for? <laughs> <laughs> I I can't wait till that's something that people talk about. Like how much how much are you paying Tyler to be on the on the it, podcast. It's a lot of money. Um, by yeah. the way. Big, a very, yeah. very big round number. <laughs> I, I chose it. I mean, it was out of the generosity of my heart. But a, a, anyways, if you gave a new Linux user GNOME and asked them without looking at that tour, which p- most people probably skip the tour anyways, what they're supposed to do, they wouldn't know because there are no icons, there's no dock, there's no menu system, nothing there by default. You have to know to either select the button up at the top, which is the activities button, or you have to notice select hit the meta key in order to actually get the dock to pull up. Um, yeah. That's my biggest problem with handing GNOME to new users. Now, if you've used GNOME before or you've watched YouTube or you're not stupid enough to bypass the tour, then it's not that big of a deal. It's still, it's still, I don't think something that would be great for new users, but it is obviously yeah. the desktop environment that the vast majority of Linux distros have centered around as their desktop environment. Uh, Manjaro has done it, Fedora, Ubuntu, you know, you name it. The big distros, they seem to have decided on GNOME as the thing. And uh, as as much as that depresses me, it it seems to be the truth. Now, the thing about KDE, like, my answer to this question five years ago, guaranteed would have been KDE. I would have, like I said, I would have fought you if you'd said something different. Because KDE was fantastic, and everybody knows I like customizing stuff. And you can customize the living hell, like, every single feature possible on KDE's customizable like every single one like there's not a single one there that you cannot customize right everything there is customizable the problem is is when they add all those features in together and it's constantly adding new features it's buggy so you can't like you can't hand KDE to a new Linux user you just you you can't because they're gonna have problems they're gonna get into the the settings panel which is way better than it used to be but still a mess 
and that's atrocious. You know, it's just it's just like one setting after another. They're going to be overwhelmed, and that's before they even get into start changing things. Like if they get in there, and let's just say they start to understand how the settings panel works and getting into all the settings and stuff like that, which is you know it's possible if they're if they're technologically inclined enough to install Linux, they probably are smart enough to eventually get their head around the settings panel of KDE. You know, give them we're getting the, giving them a little bit of credit. But once they get into actually changing stuff, like just say they decide to change to change to a new theme. As much as I love changing themes on on KDE, it is not a seamless experience because not every KDE theme that they have there in their little store actually works. A lot of them are broken. They have missing icons. Uh, sometimes your icons don't take effect. You have to log out and log back in for them to take effect. Sometimes even that doesn't work, and you're just mess. You're just left with no icons whatsoever. They're like, why they don't have it so that there's like a backup icon set so that if your icon doesn't show up, it just shows you know like the the default icon. Something like, like, like something. Like seriously, like, instead <laughs> of just like a blank space, that was your <laughs> default idea. I like seriously, I don't understand what they were thinking there. So I mean, like the biggest. Like, obviously, there are bugs surrounding a lot of this stuff in KDE, but for me, the one that always gets me is the theming. Like, you you change a theme, and it just breaks stuff all the time, and that's before you even add in the complexity that is Cavantum. You know I mean? Like, you add in Cavantum, and, yeah. and that's even more confusing. Like, like, okay, so do I still set themes inside of the settings panel, or do I not do that? <laughs> I mean, how are you supposed to do that? And you don't really know which one they're supposed to – they really want you to – actually use so you maybe you end up using both maybe you don't even know phantom exists which you know kind of leaves you out of using some of the cooler themes which you're going to see on unix porn all the time so kde has problems so if i were in charge of the kde development what i would do is put a pause on all new features like no new features whatsoever yes. for the next year okay yeah. none okay we're going to fix bugs that's all we're going to do we're going to get this thing to be the most polished desktop environment on there and then kd wins okay if, if, if they can get all the features that they have right now working really well all together on the main distros you know what i mean you know they're they would win because people love customization i mean there are people who really legitimately love gnome like they really do but most people want some form of customization and you're going to find that level of customization no matter what you want to do with kitty and the, but the thing is as it is right now you just you can't rec you can't recommend it because it's just so buggy so my answer to the question now that i've gone long-witted around it is actually xfce um i was actually going to bring up xfce all right let's talk about it yeah xfce Tell is old as fuck like seriously nope. they update maybe once a year uh, they've been in the four series for probably a decade. <laughs> like, well, like seriously, well. it's been a long time since XFC three. <laughs> it's been a long, long time. So uh, they don't. It, it, it is the like the Debian of desktop environments. It is the most stable thing you're ever going to see. So it checks mm -hmm. off the mark of stability. It has customizability, even if it's not the most intuitive thing in the world. Like it, it is kind of all over the place in terms of setting themes and stuff like that, but it is possible. And, and it's not and and hold on, I do want to go ahead and say you are right in that it's a little compartmentalized and kind of all over the place, but it's there are plenty of explanations on how to do yeah. it. Like it's <laughs> it's not one of those things where it's like ethereal. Like you can't like it's it's not like 
you know, getting a Gen 2 install working. Like where there's definitely people who know how to do it. There's definitely guides, but like you're you're kind of left in the weeds at some point on it. No, like there's it is uh, something that is very feasible for a new person to do. You can theme XFC. Yeah, it's not that definitely. Hard. And because it is finally GTK3, you can use pretty much any GTK3 theme out there. It's I mean you'd have to figure out how to install it, but you can use those things. Like it's not going to prevent you from doing. And like you, you can. I've seen some rices with XFC that look utterly amazing because there's just so much you can do with it. But it doesn't mean you have to. You know, it works really well out of the box. It has a Windows paradigm, so if you're coming from Windows, you can. You know, you have a menu there, which is the Whisker menu. It looks really nice. It works really well. It has good search. You know, you can obviously change. You can change. You can change the size of it if you want to. You can add a different menu if you want. You can change anything about the 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 panel. Move the panel wherever you want. It's you know, it, it has all the customization that KDE has without being the mess that KDE has become. You know what I mean? And yeah. and it's, like I said before, you can't discount the fact that it doesn't change. It has looked yeah. the same, acted the same for decades. Now, that's the biggest downside to XFC is that when you download the, like, say you're on Arch. Like, you've managed to install Arch and you do sudo... Pacman-XFC for whatever the package name is. That default version of XFCE is the fucking ugliest default version of a desktop environment you've ever seen in your life. Like I think I think analytic minded in chat put it the best. XFCE, it's like X, it's like XP, Windows XP. Oh, if you load it up, it looks. Oh, well, it doesn't look like XP, but it looks like it came from the same era that X, it, XP came from. It does. It, it's it's an old version of Windows, and uh, that is the biggest hit against XFCE. If they did something to make that of uh, that default version of XFCE better looking, more people would use it. Like yeah. people see that 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 default look and think, oh my god, this is the ugliest thing ever. I'm going away. Like, like yeah. they don't put any effort into it because if that's the way the developer has it looking out of the box, then obviously you can't do anything more for it. It's dead. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, well, see, that's the thing with XFCE that throws off a lot of people is when you load up XFCE and it looks that old, you, it's not a selling point aesthetically at all because immediately you go, when's the last time anyone did work on this shit? Because... Like you would, most people would assume like, cause here, here's what gets me about XFCE. So many more, more people would not just try it, but stick with it. If their default color scheme, like not changing a lot of the theme, the font, like no default color scheme, just a simple tweak to their color scheme. And by default, the default vanilla XFCE would look much better. Uh, way much, way better. more modern. I mean, add add in a add in a more modern uh, icon theme, and you're good to go. Like seriously, it doesn't mm-hmm. even, like it don't you don't have to change the panel's position or the. I mean, they have that little dock dock there along the bottom. Just add a new icon theme, change the color scheme a little bit, and it, it would look fine, right? And and people then people would get into it and use it more. So uh, XFCE for me is still the best. But that default look and feel is definitely a knock against it. And I know, like Josh in the, in the comments, like, oh, I don't, I don't like XFC because it does all this stuff with RAM. I, I, I will never choose a desktop environment based on the resource usage because I have 64 gigabytes of RAM. I don't care. 
Okay. Yeah. Use as much usage as you want. Now, if Dude, Axe, hold on. I just I just said yeah to that. Like I'm with you there. I don't have that much RAM, but I I do have plenty of RAM. I don't think a desktop environment choice should be strictly based off of RAM. Because most people have. If you, well, yeah. no. If you if you make if you make like like software choices simply based off of that one point. Like I'm not saying you it's in the cho- like in the things that you're considering. I'm saying it's based off that one thing. You'll end up using stuff like tiny like or puppy Linux or like tiny like damn small Linux or whatever it's called, like tiny core and shit. Yeah. Like, you'll you'll end up using like systems that are much more difficult to use on a daily basis just so you keep your RAM usage down. And enlightenment or matcha or whatever, yeah. Um, yeah. So th- that's the that's the thing is like I've used XFC many many times over the years. Like if I was not using a window manager right now, I'd use, be using XFC. And I've never once said, "Well, oh my god, this thing is slow." Like never single. Oh time. oh yeah. I holy crap! You'd have to have a potato of a computer to complain about its speed. Right. Even even on my like twelve year old ThinkPad, it runs fantastic. Like it's really good. And is it the lightest desktop environment out there? No. Like it, it's going to run about, you know, 5 or 600 megs out of the box, you know, probably. You know, and that's about the same KDE runs nowadays, you know, within a couple hundred megabytes. You know, it's just no desktop environment these days is that heavy. The only outlier still seems to be GNOME, which uses over a gigabyte. Um, yeah. Because they load everything into memory. Like literally the entire desktop environment gets loaded into memory when you load GNOME. So you're going to use more memory that way. It, but even GNOME, like GNOME used to be slower. Like not only did it use a lot of memory, but it was also really slow because they had those stupid animations. Now they've sped those things up and it feels faster. You know, so um, yeah, I don't know. Like I've, I've just... I have a video. All of this talk of XFCE has now made me think. I like, you know what? I'm, I might, I might be installing a distro. I'm just going to choose an XFCE distro and install it later on today because I've, I've had issues with XFCE and monitors before, um, but that's been addressed a lot. Like that was, I, I will go ahead and say, I, they, they addressed the issues that they had with monitors. Yeah. Quite a long time ago. I'm not sure how they would do with high DPI stuff, but yeah, that's um, that's why I'm interested in checking it out because um, I've got. So, so yeah, if you use on like a new monitor that's like a you know 4K and, and is high refresh rate, uh, I don't know how well you're gonna do because like I said, it is old. Like they, it's not like abandoned yeah. or anything, but they don't update it a lot, and it's like one dude. Well, that I don't know because I I have to disagree. With, they do update it. I mean, it's not like a, a lot, like just all the fucking no. time. There's a, an update. There's a couple but updates they, uh, a year, but. You know? Oh well, I mean, sometimes they do more. Like there's, there can be years where there's like a good handful of updates, mm. and they don't typically do, um, like the thing about XFC where you could like really think that they don't ever update it is just because they don't add new features, like really at all. Like they do do it, but rarely. Well, and, and and the new features are always like, well, yeah, we're gonna update from GTK two to GTK three. There's your new feature. Yeah. Like congratulations, <laughs> you know. And if you're expecting like GTK four support anytime soon, no, that's not gonna happen. Um, probably by the time GTK five comes out, we'll see GTK four on XFC. That's that's what we're talking about when we're talking about slow updating. Also, someone was talking about like, oh, like Wayland's gonna be in the next version. <laughs> no. Of XFC? Yeah, it's not gonna be in the next. Yeah, no. He, he was being no. a troll. Like, <laughs> I I would be shocked if Wayland 
ever comes to XFCE, but if it does come, it's going to be when Xorg is literally dead. Like, oh, I a hundred, I would a hundred percent believe that Wayland support gets added in XFCE by the by the time that Wayland support is an irrelevant term because everything's made for Wayland. Yeah. Like and has been for years. Like, like, yeah, then that's when they'll do it. I would not be surprised if they don't switch to Wayland until they absolutely have to. Like literally, nothing will run on their desktop environment. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a big thing that they have to do. And it's like I said, it's a very small team. So yeah, um, yeah. So XFC is my answer, and you said Gnome is yours. I, I'm oh. so. I, I'm always constantly surprised that nobody mentions Mate. You know what I mean? Like, does anybody yeah. actually use Mate? Like, I've been looking at Mate for the last couple of days now because I'm going to make a video on it. And it is good. Yes, but it, also it has, is good. It has the same problem XFCE has in that it looks all out of the box if you're just installing it on a regular distro. If you're using Ubuntu Mate, it's very green. You know, yeah. <laughs> like they yeah. they like that green just a little bit too much for my taste. But yeah, Mate seems to be the desktop environment that always gets all the new Ubuntu features, but that nobody uses. You know. Yeah. The, and to me, I think that's the biggest problem with Mate. Is like nowadays, isn't that it's bad? It's out of date. It doesn't. I mean, even de- like vanilla Mate doesn't look really that out of date at all. No, it's like, not it's, horrible. It, it's not. It's not like no. XFCE bad. Like, but at the same time, Mate is one where um, I don't know anybody that actually runs Mate. I just don't know anybody. I've I've seen the stray random comment in a live stream or a YouTube video talking about how they use it. But I've never there's I, I have like I mean, out of both of our discords, I'm pretty sure we could ask people and get a poll and there might be like two or three people who use Mate. I'd be surprised if it's that many, honestly. No. Um, I mean, I, I know from other people's podcasts of people who use Mate. Like, I know mm. the developer of Mate uses it. <laughs> that's that's yeah. literally, like, like the only Thank person God, I, I know that absolutely I barely sure had any uses. water in my mouth. I would have <laughs> spit to a grave. <laughs> like, Martin Wimpress is the developer behind Mate. Or one of them. I mean, like, he's the head guy, right? And he uses it. That's the only one I can point to and say, like, I know he uses it. Um, I can't point to anybody else that I know, like I said, that actually uses it. And... I mean, some of that is, I think, that it has the Ubuntu stink on it, right? If you want to use Mate, the best way to do it is to use it on Ubuntu because that's who, that's where all the new features come in. And it comes with, like, Mate Tweak. It comes with all the cool layouts and stuff like that. You don't get that on any other version of Mate. I mean, you can install those things, but you'd have to install them separately. Like, if you want the full Mate experience, you would have to install it on Ubuntu. And as we know, people hate Ubuntu. <laughs> Like, they really seriously don't like Ubuntu yeah. anymore, so maybe that's the reason why nobody uses it. Um, I don't know. Like, the thing is, though, like, we talked about this earlier when we were talking about Linux Mint. Mint has a Mate version. Like, they do. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody uses it. Like, why do they still have this? Like, I would love to know how many people actually use the Mate version of Linux Mint, because it's there. Like, you would have... If somebody would ask me a few years ago, when they had the KDE spin, when they had the KDE version... If they, so if somebody had asked me, which do you think it's more likely Linux Mint will drop, the KDE version or the Mate version? I would have bet them that they would have dropped the Mate version long before the KDE version. But that's not true. Yeah. They dropped the KDE version. I don't think they dropped it because there are a few people use, not nobody used the KDE version, but because KDE is so hard to maintain. But 
Um, well, and also it's a bad look when people are running into like bugs, and yeah. it's solely due to KD. Like it's it's not anything that you're doing, yeah. but it reflects on you. Mint is so supposed like, to be stable, no. and you can't use. I, I understand. It just it it would have at that point it would have shocked me if they hadn't. It wouldn't have shocked me, I guess, if they would have kept the um, KD version and dropped the Mate version. So I'd like to know if anybody actually uses the um, the Mate version. I'm sure I'm sure there's definitely going to be. Uh, some, some buddy out there. Like, there's gonna be like a few people like, oh yeah, Mate is the best ever, and I'll fight you over it. You know what I mean? I'm gonna cut a bitch, yeah. right? There's <laughs> <Well, laughs> always gonna be those people. Always. But, it just can't be that many. Like, and you know, it's just it's just an interesting thing to me because you always hear about Mate, but you're like, you never hear about anybody using it. Well, you know what I mean, it, well, I mean, it's also like one of those things where like it's weird. It's weird how like things change too because like mate used to be my favorite desktop like i used to love it and it's not like anything happened it's just i stopped using it and i haven't really been drawn back like drawn back into it like i used to be really into it like mm-hmm. I, I i used to use mate on like my like little acer one netbook and i like freaking love that shit and like mate on that was awesome but i, I don't know i haven't I haven't, for one, felt like I needed to go back to Mate, and when I have checked it out over the past, like, few years, it's not like it's been bad, but it's not something that's drawn me in. Like, I'm like, oh, I remember these days. Like, it's, there's a lot about Mate, too, that, like, I feel like kind of don't, like, make it special anymore. Like, the multiple panels and the way that the panels, like, worked and everything was gorgeous back in the day, but now there's multiple different desktops. I can do the same thing. Then you you know in the back of your mind that that layout has been around since GNOME 2. So you know that it's old, right? And there's something about that layout that just makes it feel like you're using Linux from 10, 15 years ago. You know what I mean? And, well, that's not necessarily a bad thing because it definitely does not run like it's 10 or 15 years ago. It just kind of looks and feels that way. And not even like in a bad way, like the XFC initial, you know, setup, that looks like it was 20 years ago, and that's a bad thing because it looks like it was 20. Like the 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 Mate guys have done a good job of making it look modern, but still keeping that GNOME 2 aesthetic. And but there's just something about it that you know I don't I don't I don't know you know it's 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 a little weird. It feels like you've regressed in a way. Like it it feel it feels like you've regressed back in time. It, like in the way that you use it, well, but it's not—it's it, not bad. It's just—I don't know. Like, there's nothing in. I guess it's one of those things where, like, it would be awesome if you were really nostalgic about yeah. it. Well, the, but, yeah, that's exactly it. The, if you use it, you know that that's what you're going to get forever. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's there's going to be yeah. no changing of that UI ever because the reason why they use that UI is the reason why the thing exists. So no. they wanted to keep that UI. That's the reason why they forked off from GNOME 2, and that's where it's going to stay until all eternity. You know, so you, whereas like with Cinnamon or whatever, you always have the idea that they could tweak something. You know, what I mean, they could, you know, change the panel position or change the icons or whatever, or you know, whatever they could do. Cinnamon could evolve and look completely different five, ten years from now. Uh, yeah. there, there's no chance of Mate looking different five, ten years from now. It's going to look almost exactly the same. They might change the icon, they might change the color scheme, but you're going to have those two panels up and top, top and bottom because that's the way it works, right? That's the what they like, yep. and that's the way it works. So, um, somebody asked us to talk a little bit about LXQt and LXDE. Um, 
I can honestly tell you that I've only used LXQ about for about 30 minutes in the entirety of the last five years. Um, and I've barely checked it out. And, um, I don't, I can't really give you an opinion on something that I haven't used that often, but, um, maybe it's time for me to take a look at it. I've heard, uh, like my, my thing is, is that if you're like the whole idea behind LXQ is that it's a really low resource desktop environment. And the problem I have is that they're pulling down the entire KDE stack to do that. Um, and I'm not sure. I mean, yeah, it probably doesn't take very much in terms of RAM. We already talked, but that doesn't really matter. But in terms of like dependencies, you just downloaded 600 dependencies that you probably didn't actually need uh, for your desktop environment. That would be something that would bother me a little bit. Like, I, again, KDE's fine. And if you're going to, the thing is, if you're going to download the KDE dependencies, just use KDE. I mean, I guess. I mean, it probably doesn't have the problems that KDE has, but mm, I don't know. I mean, there's yeah. there, there's something to be said about minimalism in terms of dependencies. You know, and KDE yeah. definitely is not minimalist in terms of dependencies ever. Nobody's ever yeah, said that. No, no. Okay, so that is uh, that was a good that was a good discussion. So let's go ahead and move on to the last section of the podcast, which is affectionately known and uh, trademarked as the thingy of the week the thingies of the week so tyler your thingy of the week uh my thingy of the week is um steam skins uh particularly there's one called metro that's supposed to like line up with the metro ui um from like windows and stuff but um i really okay we have more sex bots in chat awesome um awesome just just let me get rid of those Okay, um, so <laughs> yeah, uh, so Steam skins, yeah, that's what I was talking about. Uh, Steam has like the ability to let you like essentially theme it, and uh, I didn't know about this at all. Like I, I was completely oblivious to this, and it's really neat. I found the Metro one; it's broken, it's not great at all, but there's much better ones. Um, so if you didn't know that, it's really cool and it's fun to mess around with for a while if you do play steam a lot like it's it's not something that's going to change the way that you use steam or anything like that it's just it's pretty cool and also i will go ahead and say i got the notification that i can order my steam deck and um, i've got till the 31st to make the order and so later tonight i'm uh, i'm probably going to be making the order and i am very excited for my steam deck very and there will be videos on my channel. I'm not sure if I'm oh, going to go thousands. through with it or not. I haven't decided yet or not. Um, I I was questioning it, but as soon as I got the notification, I'm like, yep, I'm getting it. Let's do it. Like, I'm all in. I, w- I want it so bad. I'm very excited for it. Um, but that's only because I do actually, like, end up having to go places, like, a lot. And where I would genuinely like to bring a computer um, to either be able to do stuff. Uh, like like make videos or play games or anything and the steam deck i'm very excited about it like that, that's going to be really nice to carry around yeah well i look forward to hearing your thoughts on it. i haven't got my email yet so um supposedly sometime in quarter three but um mine will probably well i don't think i would I, I i was ecstatic too because i didn't think i was going to get mine till like september because like september is like around like my birthday is in september and so i figured i would be getting it like 
I, I was going to be really sad because like I was figuring I would get it like get the notification on on or right before my birthday, so I wouldn't actually get it for my birthday. But now I'm going to have the Steam Deck because that's like that's kind of what I'm wanting for as like my birthday gift is just a Steam Deck, and I'm pretty excited I'm going to be able to get it. Like, cool. It's going to be awesome. All right, so my thingy of the week is cool retro terms. So obviously this has been around for a long, long time, uh, but I never actually used it before, and I downloaded it. And while I would not say I would ever make this my like default terminal, um, it is cool to play around with. So if you don't know what this is, it's basically a terminal emulator that allows you to have it has several different themes. Some of them are look like a CRT, old yellowing CRT monitor. There's a like a retro one. There's a futuristic one. Uh, and it just kind of makes your terminal look really cool for a little while. And like I said, probably wouldn't make it my default terminal, um, just because I don't need all those fancy tricks when I'm just doing regular stuff in the terminal. But if you're bored and you want to try out a terminal that makes you look like you're from the 1980s, you know, it was actually pretty cool. So it's just, it's a neat little thing. Like, and it, you know, it's still around, and I'm glad that it is. It's one of those things that really has no use, but is just kind of fun to use for a little while. And I still have it installed. Oh. I, I play with it every once in a while. It's really cool. Anyways. There's some really cool uses for that that I've seen. Um, I don't know anyone on here who knows Jeff, but like low-spec Linux laptop, he's he's used that for playing like old-school text adventure games, which is uh-huh. so cool. Like that is such an awesome cool. use of it. it. It would be interesting to do an entire like rice around it. You know what I mean? Like make your, oh, yeah. make your entire... Like, you have that old retro term, and then you have the, the, the an old retro poly bar or something, you know. It'd be really cool. Yeah. Um, kind of makes me want to do that. <laughs> Just saying, I probably might, might do that now. I don't know. Um, anyway, so oh, that, yeah, that is, those are the thingies of the week, and that is the podcast. So before we go, I should take the current patrons. Uh, you can support me on Patreon at patreon.com slash linuxcast. All these amazing people support me on Patreon and YouTube. Uh, so uh, thank you guys for your support. I truly do appreciate it. Without you, the channel would not exist, and I definitely would not be as motivated to make my videos every single day if I didn't have at least one patron. And that the fact that I have way more than one is just, you know, really awesome. So thank you for your support. Thanks, everybody, for watching. We record this live every Friday around 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. We were running a little bit late this week, um, but we usually bullshit for around an hour and 20 minutes or so. If you can't catch us live, the replay is on youtube always we never take that down you can also subscribe to the audio version on any major podcast platform that you want those links will be at the linkscast.org so we'll see you next week